This is the puzzle of conditions where crime and the disordered mind are related. We're concerned here with the psychopath, the man without a conscience. He is of the gravest concern to criminologists and to psychiatrists, all those interested in antisocial behavior. If a man can't distinguish between right and wrong, is he sick and ought he to be in a mental hospital? Or is he a criminal and should he be locked up in jail? Sorry, welcome to episode four of the Vital Minds podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Gabriel Joseph. Um, finally got my shit together and created what I hope is a professional sounding uh, show opening and podcast. Uh, kind of want to re-record the first few episodes now so I don't chase away listeners with shitty sound quality, but oh well, it is what it is. Uh, the intro song is something I created on a music app during the Super Bowl about two years ago. I was kind of bored and kind of fell into a music rabbit hole and came up with it. Never really had any intentions of using it for anything, but I think I finally uh, found a home for it. Um, it may change eventually, but I think it'll do for now. Um, I had all intentions of putting out uh, a new material, and then work got really busy. Um, we had storms and bad weather that required a shitload of yard cleanup and big limbs and half a tree falling down in our yard and uh we had a stolen car that uh, was driven in our yard and and took down a fence and hit some cars and it's been kind of a fucking disaster for the last month so uh i apologize that i haven't had a chance to get uh, more material out there quicker uh, my whole intention was to put one out every week um and then one week turned into two weeks two weeks turned into three weeks and then i kind of figured i better just upgrade the sound quality while I'm taking this kind of break and, and make things a little bit better. So anyhow, I hope that all these improvements make it for a little bit more enjoyable of an experience. Um, as I'd mentioned the first podcast, part of my uh, motivation for doing this is, is uh, as another stimulant to keep my mind content and to kind of give me the rewards I crave, which are control and attention. Um, I have no problem listening to myself speak uh, that being said, I had a really fucking hard time listening to the first three shows because of the sound quality. Um, so I can only imagine that this is probably a welcomed improvement on your end as well. Um, it's pretty important that I keep all 18 listeners happy, and hopefully these improvements will bump me up to 20. But I'm guessing after that uh, hiatus, I'm probably down to one listener, and that's probably my wife. Um, so I'm going to have to rebuild again, I'm afraid. Anyhow. Um, another improvement I'd like to eventually make in the near future is providing an email address or social media forum for questions, uh, that I can answer on the show. Um, hopefully by the, by the new year, I guess the show will finally be complete as far as the evolution, evolution stage is concerned. And I can solely focus on providing, uh, basically an entertaining and somewhat informative material, um, since the last podcast, I've been trying to decide what the next topic or talking point should be. 
Um, I have plenty of ideas, but I kind of want this to progress in a reasonably organized manner. Um, like I said, I'm eventually going to do shows on the PCLR with examples from my personal life. Um, I want to do some shows on uh, serial killers and other true crime and how my mindset relates to their mindset. But I think today the topic is going to be on my family. As I mentioned in the last podcast, there will be could be some graphic material that may be upsetting, um, so listen at your own risk. I don't think this this one's quite as bad, um, or is, is going to be that bad, but uh, anyhow, let's start from the beginning. Um, I grew up in a really small farming community in the Midwest with a population of less than 500 people. Um, it's located roughly 35 to 40 miles from the closest closest major city um, from where I, where I currently live, actually. My high school graduating class had less than 15 kids, and everybody knew everybody, uh, literally. My parents were both business owners. My dad was a workaholic, so he wasn't the type to sit down and play with us kids. If he did, it was for a few minutes only, literally, and then he always used the excuse of being tired from work. Uh, my mother worked from home, uh, but had kind of her own area where she worked. It was kind of an extension of the house. Um, even as young as uh, four, I can remember I'd have a lot of alone time during the day because my mom would be in with clients working um, for up to hours at a time, and I'd just be kind of left alone to my own devices. Um, so this gave me a lot of time to explore the house. Um, I knew where everything was. I knew where my dad hid his guns and ammo, um, his knives, alcohol. I knew where he kept his Playboys and all pretty much all the shit a young developing mind probably shouldn't be exposed to. But uh, I also knew where my mother hid all of our Christmas presents and birthday presents and the family cash. Um, like I said, I knew where everything was. And I played with everything that was inside that house as well. Uh, my sister is three years older than me and has a very normal life. She's married with uh, kids and a dog. Um, we honestly didn't, or even now, don't hang out often, but it's not like based on a bad relationship by any means. We're both busy with families and separate lives and live 50 miles away from each other. So we mostly see each other on the holidays or birthdays, which pretty much uh, goes for my parents as well. Um, my sister's family and my parents have a very cr close relationship. Uh, they see each other weekly and they even go on vacations together. Uh, my wife had mentioned it that it was kind of weird how close they are and that I only see them every once in a while opposed to them seeing each other weekly. Uh, but to me, it's not something I ever really thought of. It's not weird to me. And honestly, um, it's something I didn't put much thought into until she had mentioned it. And now that she really knows who, I guess, who I really am, um, she has a better understanding of my why my family dynamic is the way it is. Um, my family relationship is pretty much how I like it. <laughs> the only downside is that my kids may suffer a little not seeing their grandparents uh, very often, but my gra their grandparents or my parents only live 30 minutes away, so they have the option to uh, come see their grandchildren whenever they want. Um, they're retired and they have the time. Um, my parents raised us in a fairly religious Christian household, but that doesn't mean all the lessons I was taught as a kid were proper, um, as far from it. It felt like my father's religious theory is that it's okay to sin as long as you go to church on Sunday. Um, we prayed before meals, we went to all the religious holidays, um, 
we my father was on the church council my mother would help clean the church uh, us, ki us kids would go on youth troops uh, youth troops youth trips and uh, bible camps um we were pretty much balls deep into church and shoving that shit down a young kid's throat is a great way to get them to rebel against it in my opinion Although I do think part of the reason I don't act on some of the, the shit I think about is because of a decently strong fear in God that was slamming into my head repeatedly for 18 years of my life. Um, it's, it's more of a deterrent than probably even prison at this point. Um, I think that may be a good aspect of religion. Um, eternal damnation will make you think twice, but I kind of waffle back and forth on it all the time. Um, when we weren't pretending to be the perfect family behind the scenes, we were a, a, a little dysfunctional. Um, I didn't realize how much so until I was much older. My father has uh, rage issues like I do. His uh, is a little different than mine, though. Um, he'll get mad to the point of rage that can last for like, it can last quite a while and he'll be pissed off the rest of the day and he doesn't really hide his anger, but he doesn't want anyone to see his rage. Big difference between the two. Um, he gets really embarrassed by it. My rage is different in that it's short lived, uh, very, very short lived, but it's much more destructive. I don't show my rage in front of anyone because of the level it gets to. Um, People have seen me angry or very short flashes of rage, but never the full-blown rage it leads to me punching holes in walls, punching cars, slamming cell phones in the ground, whatever. The list goes on and on of all the things I've destroyed when the anger turns into rage. If I did it in front of someone, I'd try really hard to separate them from my life completely because I kind of change into a different person at that point. Um, my voice will change. Um, my adrenaline starts kicking at a really high rate and uh, it's it's kind of the only time where I become extremely impulsive. Um, my mask comes completely off. I'm brutally honest about how I feel and what I'm thinking at the time. Um, and if I would let the rage come out in front of someone, I'm afraid that it, I, I'd probably most likely uh, violently offend whoever was with me, uh, especially if they try to intervene. Um, I just kind of black out for a little bit and whatever happens happens and it usually ends in something being broken. So, um, but I'm guessing if I, uh, destroyed things, I would destroy people as well. Um, aside from a few people in my life, most people are just things to, to me, unless they provide some kind of value or entertainment. Um, anyhow, my rage is a quick, very impulsive rage that is literally over in minutes um if i had the prolonged rage that my father has i would be in prison uh 20 years ago easily if not longer uh rage is pretty much a sore rage is the sole reason that i'm in therapy um i'm believe it or not with uh everything else going around going on i'm i am pretty happy with where my life's at the only thing i I, like I said, I crave control, and the rage is the one thing I can't control. It goes over the top to where I can't control it at all. And once again, like I said, I do destructive things and extremely impulsive, and I like to be very calculated and plan things out. So it's it's something that uh, I just I just need to eliminate the impulsive nature of it. And honestly, if I could use the rage 
as a tool that would be ex it, that'd be the uh, the end result for me that's exactly what i want it to do use it as a tool uh, for my gain uh, but i think that's kind of a tough thing to ask a therapist to do for you um don't think they'll do it if i am um really angry or raging towards a person or i see them as a threat or an obstacle that's in my way um they would it's something that they're never ever going to even know um i'll treat them the same as if nothing had happened and i will eventually get even with them but uh it's on my timetable um which could be anywhere from you know in the next few weeks or it could be a, a long-term plan if it takes a year and a half or two years to come to the finality of it then so be it um as long as it comes out the way that i want it to come out so um i'll probably explain this uh, tactic in a little more detail in future episodes um, anyhow besides my father showing his rage in front of us kids there were plenty of other behaviors that until I was older and really paid attention to was far from the normal uh, family dynamic um, I thought it was absolutely normal for my father to have a beer with him at all times all dads do it right um, whether he was driving, working, sitting in his lazy boy, whenever, wherever, his alcohol was very important to him. And he didn't trust people that didn't drink. He, he actually told me that. And he would even talk shit about people that would sip on a beer or two for the night instead of pounding as many cheap fucking shit beers as you can. Um, you know, like a normal dad. Um, his life advice was probably not great for a young developing mind as well. Um, I can remember him explaining how to get out of a busy parking lot. I don't know why I remember this or why it sticks with me so much, but um, it was after a sporting event where in a really busy parking lot after the game's over. And he uh, was explaining that you pick out a really nice car and you pull out in front of them because uh, they'll want to stop because they won't want to damage their really nice car. Which then and now still makes no sense to me. Um, I feel like the person with the really nice car obviously has the money and uh, probably has great insurance and can afford to repair that nice car. Where you would actually want to pick out a really shitty car that uh, you can tell they can't afford a different car and most likely don't have insurance. So they're going to do uh, everything in their power to avoid getting into an accident and getting the police involved. <laughs> um, I can vividly remember messing around in the front yard and my dad walking out of the house with a mouse that was caught in a trap. Um, he calmly walked it out to the edge of the driveway. He was basically holding it in his glove. And then he, uh, once he got to the edge of the driveway to the street, he slammed it down to the concrete, um, picked it up and threw it in the trash, and that was that. Um, he also instructed me to uh, shoot the animals that come into our yard with my pellet gun um, and that was an open invitation in my eyes to basically fill the trash cans with dead birds, squirrels, rabbits, etc. Um, he had a talk with me about not shooting so many animals because it looks bad. Um, not because the action was bad, but because it looks bad. That seemed to be the theme with him. Um, it was more of a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do type of person. And uh, he was also the, uh, I'm not saying don't do it, just don't get caught because it'll make the family look bad type of person. Uh, my mother doesn't have the rage issues like my father, but she wasn't exactly uh, innocent when it came to a proper parental example, I guess. I had learned that uh, she had drank throughout my pregnancy and uh, was drinking the night she gave birth to me. 
like my father. My mother enjoyed her alcohol a lot. Uh, both my parents had been in trouble in their teen years because of drinking. Uh, my mother was kicked out of sports because of drinking. Uh, my father, father was kicked out of his church youth group for showing up drunk to a youth group outing. Um, I believe it was a long time ago, obviously, but it was like a drive-in movie theater, and uh, he volunteered to be one of the drivers. And before they went, they went and picked up a bunch of beer, got shit-faced, and showed up completely drunk, and uh, they kicked him out after that. Um, my mother wasn't a mean person, but she also wasn't the uh, hug and cuddly type of mother either. Um, she had kind of a fairly cold personality and was a type that would smile and be kind to you even if she was mad at you. Um, at least to the people outside of our family anyway. I've always wondered what she was thinking when I clearly knew she was mad, but she was kind of putting on a show of kindness and putting on a bit of a mask as well. Um, I've always wanted to ask either one of them, both my parents, if in a, if they've experienced either the homicidal ideation or any of the other traits that I that I carry, um, but I haven't for a couple of reasons. One, I don't think they'd be honest with me, even if they did. And two, I don't want them to know that I experience it. I'd like to tell them about who I really am, but they would bear zero responsibility, and I honestly couldn't trust them to keep their mouth shut and not tell their friends or the rest of the community. With all that being said, I've never blamed my parents for who I am, and I don't think they did most things intentionally. I think they just shouldn't have had kids. Um, I honestly didn't even make a connection between the way I was raised being a contributor to my personality until I started going to therapy, and a heavy dose of that isn't normal for my wife. Um, people like me don't you know, dwell on things like that. Um, we don't really dwell on many things at all, really, unless it's interesting or exciting. As a kid, I also experienced a lot of fun um, and exciting things. Other kids didn't. Um, there were perks of my dad being a business owner. Um, we went to you know private events. Um, my father was a sports junkie, um, so we attended a lot of college and professional sporting events. We went on family vacations every year to, you know, usually pretty fun places. Went to movies, concerts, um, etc. We were kind of at our best as a family when we were busy. It is pretty rare when we'd spend a night, uh, spend a night at home doing nothing. Um, if we were at home, we were usually working or working on something. Um, I think this is going to do it for this episode. I could spend hours talking about my family dynamic and how it shaped my personality and give hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of examples. But honestly, it's not a topic that's really interesting for me to talk about, and I'm going to lose my enthusiasm really quickly if I spend too much time on it. Um, future episodes will review, reveal more about my family and how I was raised, um, naturally, but I thought it was important to give a quick look into my, into my family. Um, on the next episode though, I'm going to talk more into depth about my childhood and when and why I, I started to realize I was different. So once again, thank you for listening to the Violet Minds podcast and be sure to check out episode five next week. The Violet Minds podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Breaker. I'm out.